Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Hmm. Human Music Podcast. I like it. What's Gucci, humans of Earth? This is the Human Music Podcast. If you don't already know, Luke Rain, Tesco, and myself, Rip Kenny, we talk all things music, podcasts, and humans. Is that? Did I get that right? Woo! Woo! Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> humans of Earth, today I want to start with a bit of a small revelation I had while. Last week, you might have noticed that my audio was a little bit shittier than usual. Uh, that's because I was on the road. I was out nearly in the middle of nowhere. Um, and being on the road nearly in the middle of nowhere actually gives some pretty good insights into your daily life that you wouldn't have when you're just in the thick of things. Um, you know, like just getting out of your normal daily routine and, and going somewhere different, seeing different things and letting your subconscious actually mull about the things that you would never be able to escape in just your daily life. So a good example for myself was I was realizing um, now that, you know, music is, is my full-time gig, I've put an immense amount of pressure on myself to be as productive as possible. Naturally, we've talked about that on this podcast before. Um, but one of the things that I didn't realize that I was kind of self-sabotaging on was the concept of basically I put so much pressure on being productive all the time that I would take and prioritize a small productive win over a larger potentially unproductive venture into learning and doing additional things right so those 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 hard difficult tasks of you know watching four hours of video content and trying to learn something or you know downloading a new program and trying to learn it so you can implement it into a, a thing that you're trying to build or a product you're making or whatever. Those things like you're going to have two or three unproductive hours learning that stuff. Like that's just comes with the territory. Um, and I've realized that I was kind of prioritizing that stuff lower and instead doing like the smaller, you know, making tweaks to things that are already working or, you know, answering like emails and just stupid stuff like that. When really none of those maintenance things move the needle on progress towards your goals. It, it really is the deep work where you do have a four hour thing that three hours are unproductive and then you finally break through and figure out how to do it. And then you have those skills that you can use for additional things. Um, and so those are really the things that, that help progress you forward as, as a, you know, an artist and just a human in general, like you have to work through the tough and unproductive moments to find things that matter. Right. And I had realized that I was doing that to myself, but I only realized that because I was outside of my normal daily grind of forcing myself to do things. And then once removed from that situation, I was like, holy shit, I'm doing this to myself. And it's not even that I was thinking about it. It's that my subconscious just like bubbled that to the surface, you know? Um, and I think that that's so important because your subconscious 
really does do a lot more heavy lifting than you think. Totally. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, totally, man. Um, I'm curious, like, what what do you feel like? Ha- what do you feel like you haven't been focusing on that you want to start prioritizing more now that like you felt was unimportant prior? Like, how have you thought to implement that in your life? Yeah, totally. So just like stuff like experimenting with certain ideas I have for like concepts of songs, like in my head, like, oh, that's, that's, that's a rabbit hole that might lead to no productivity, but it might lead to a revelation. I don't know. Um, something like, you know, learning Premiere to put together better like visualizers and mu- music videos and stuff for, for content. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's another one that falls into that category. Um, just in, in general, a lot of those types of things, like long, like it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like a hundred hour commitment, but something that's like a three or four hour commitment that I know takes, you know, a lot of involved learning is going to take the majority of my day, uh, at least from like a conscious thought perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And those are the things that really seem to get pushed back. Yeah, been there, man. Uh, I found personally that, like, especially with Premiere, you mentioned, which has been one of my huge learnings this year, um, finding a way to like gamify or like marry those two concepts in your head where it is this long drawn out, less productive thing that is aiming towards this possibility of much larger productive ends way down the road. But it's hard to see that when you're just sitting there watching tutorials, like, damn, I actually didn't make any videos. So, you know, I wanted to make music videos for myself. So I wanted to learn Premiere. That was the original impetus behind me downloading it, getting the subscription, commit to paying this money every month to have it on my computer. But me finding ways to have to implement whatever skills I was learning along the way for much easier tasks. Like for example, taking an hour long podcast and chopping five and 10 minute segments out of it to put on YouTube. What's up YouTube? Hey, how you doing? Um, Like being able to take that and make something really easy where all I've got to do is learn like two hotkeys and how to, you know, import an image to put on the front end of it. And like, okay, cool. Like I learned a couple of things. I can apply a couple of things. Satisfies that part of my brain that wants to be immediately productive while also kind of tricking that part of my brain that fears that long-term, you know, commitment and breaking it down into these smaller chunks where I can actually use it. Totally. Yeah, yeah, man. I think um, definitely you're you're right on the money about like focusing on those bigger tasks, and I think it takes a bit of self awareness to like know what the right move is to do for you at the time. Because you're right, like things will seem unproductive at the time, but pay off. Like taking the time to do a sound design session instead of writing a song or organizing your library, um, or tasks like that are very much along that vein, but. It's a, it's a much more intelligent use of your time to have sessions like that and to anticipate having sessions like that regularly because it just saves you that much more time when you're actually in it. So like, like you said, 
you know, you spend those three hours where you're sort of in this exploratory phase where you don't know what's, what you're doing exactly. You're just sort of trying to pick up the pieces and like sort of stitch together this idea you have. But now next time you hop into it, you might just need to watch a 20 minute tutorial to see how to do this, like one extra new thing you want to do. And then everything else is built up on that old foundation. So it's like, as soon as you put in that initial investment of time, now it's it's going to take you less time in the future. You can optimize your workflow, do all these things. So you can get those reps in, in a much shorter amount of time and get that quality through quantity. Like we always talk about. Yeah. 100%. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, while I was away last week, I had another, uh, somewhat of a revelation as well. And I want to, I want to get your guys' take on this. So for a while, um, the relatively small amount of time I've dictated for reading books has been focused on like music business or general productivity hack type book stuff where it's like this book is going to directly help the efforts that I'm putting in to become a, a, a pro level music artist or whatever. Right. So I've been reading a lot of those types of books and I kind of had this revelation that almost a lot, almost all of those like kind of self-improvement type books seem to have a bit of a circular message or, or one that could be explained in like a two page article, mm -hmm. the whole book. Uh, and I've realized that it, those, those books have provided some useful insight at times to my daily life, but most of them haven't really moved the needle that much, you know, and the kind of revelations and whatnot that your subconscious can bubble to the forefront uh, when it's able to work strongly and, and use associative thoughts and stuff like those, those revelations mean a lot more to me. And so instead of reading self-improvement or those types of books where the in so many words it seems like it should improve my daily life i'm thinking i'm gonna actually switch to just reading fiction for six months and see if the and see if the difference in in thought patterns and and getting lost in a world that isn't my own that allows my subconscious to really mull over the deep thoughts that I've like think about a lot and can't really come to a conclusion yet. Like if getting lost in another world will actually help my subconscious do that heavy lifting and provide the answers out of nowhere that I'm looking for. You know, I think that that, I think that might work. I'm going to try. Hey, that. Um, while we're on this topic, actually Gridham reached out and he had a question um, about what sort of books we're reading. And yeah. me and him talked a bit about this, um, and I recommended Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, and I said I'd bring it up on the podcast, see what you guys, um, what your guys' favorites are. And I was wondering, Evan, from your perspective, um, yeah. you said a lot of those books are samey. I, I think the genre of self-help is still, like, worthwhile to read, but I do agree with you that it's very, like, circular in uh, its content. I was wondering, though, what books 
from that world would you say like if if you could go back and tell yourself like all right just read these few what would those few be for you yeah um i would say the first one would be the war of art Woo! Uh, yeah it was a high on my list yeah mostly because it gives a name to that thing that kind of beats you down all over the place resistance once you have a name for that thing then it becomes like oh i'm experiencing resistance right now i should just tell it to fuck off and like just start working on something like that's that's really an important mental shift so i think that one yeah uh, can we stay on that really quick before you yeah. move to the next book because that is so important we have i mean we had a whole segment about that two weeks ago you know, talking about overcoming resistance and, and building momentum. And one thing I wanted to add to that was like the importance of this concept that sometimes that resistance, we place it inside ourselves, our own self-doubt. And a lot of the times we place that resistance and project it onto other people. Oh, well, my boss or, oh, well, my family or, oh, well, this responsibility over here. And that's why I can't make time for music or whatever creative art you're working on. And recognizing that all of it comes from within. Mm. And it is, I like to think of it as like the gravity that is the equal and opposite force to creativity, but just like actual gravity without that pull downwards, we can't build the muscles to learn how to climb up. And wow. so, so don't think of this as an enemy or as like this thing you have to completely eliminate. I don't think it ever goes away. It changes form, just like the ego, it changes form. It evolves in the way we experience it changes over time. But remembering that it is not like this enemy to be eliminated or hated, because then you hating resistance is just a new form of resistance that you're deluding yourself and projecting onto this external thing called resistance, which is, again, just a waste of internal energy inside of yourself. Holy I'm shit. I'm speaking dude. from experience. Holy shit. You yep. just literally that I currently deal with that. I I love so much that you just brought that up because that that metaphor you used is fucking beautiful. Without gravity, you would not have the ability to build the muscle that you have. That's fucking amazing i love i love that concept just like the 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 motivation that that provides just simply from the fact that there's resistance that totally flips it on its head it's like without resistance i wouldn't be able to grow and so then recognizing the resistance as a trigger to excite yourself at the possibility to get better and to improve and to break through that um is, is fucking incredible i love i love how you flip that I, i'm gonna use that thought exercise all the fucking time now. yeah bro oh, that, yeah. like i said that's one of my top favorite books when tesco asked the question that like jumped to the top of my list of things to bring up and then the yeah. fact that you brought it up first it's like okay double down whoever has not read the war of art by it's stephen pressfield right yeah yeah uh, whoever hasn't read that go read that we should get an Amazon affiliate link to that book or some shit. Definitely. <laughs> but um, we should. The other half of that book, half of that book is about resistance. 
And the other half of that book is about becoming a professional. And I think that's a really important discussion to touch on here too. What is a professional? Somebody that gets paid? Maybe. But really what it is is somebody that says to the world, this is what I do. And they show up every day and they do that shit. And he makes the distinction that we think of amateur is somebody who's not good and doesn't get paid and a professional is somebody that is good and doesn't get paid. But that's not really what the words mean. Profession means you profess it. You say it to the world. This is what I do. I tell people about it. And an amateur means they do it for the love, which kind of sounds better. Like, oh, he's just in it for the money. Oh, he's in it for the love. Until you realize that somebody who's just doing it for the love only shows up when it feels good. Instead of showing up, no matter how whack you think the thing you might make today is, no matter how much resistance you've got in your brain. And one of my favorite quotes from that half of the book is from some famous author from some time. It's been a while since I read it. But shout out to him. They, yeah, shouts out to that guy. <laughs> shout out to He was asked, author. famous author was asked in an interview, do you write on a schedule or only when you feel inspired? And he played it perfectly. He says, oh, only when I feel inspired. Lucky for me, that's every day at 9 a.m. <laughs> yep, love it. Show up no matter what. Do this. Tell the people you do this. Yeah. That's Don't. a big uh that's a big hurdle I feel to just confidently like tell the world when you get asked instead of being like, oh, I'm a mechanic or I'm a this or I do this or that, and I do music sometimes on the side. Like getting over that that moat of being able to publicly tell people first and foremost, I am a musician. And oh yeah, I do this side gig to pay the bills or I do whatever, whatever. But putting yourself as a musician in the forefront is like one of those mental things that you just, you get the confidence from just putting the time in. It just, you notice like the more hours you put into your DAR, whatever that statement just rolls off the tongue easier. Cause you know, you know, you've, whether you've been putting in the work or not. And the more you say that out loud, the more you hear yourself say it and the more it becomes real. Like every time you say it, the first times you say it, you'll probably get this weird feeling in your stomach. Like it feels oh, weird. I really? Am I? I don't know. I have self doubt, but the more you say it, the more you buy into it. And then the fact that you've built up that confidence from hearing yourself say it makes it way easier to just go, Oh, should I watch Netflix or open Ableton? Well, I mm -hmm. keep telling people I'm a musician. It feels right to open Ableton right now. Yeah, and when they keep asking, like, hey, how's the music going? What you've been working on or whatever, you can't be like, oh, uh, yeah, I've been watching this new show or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but have you seen Umbrella Academy, though? I haven't. It's I hear it's good, but, uh, you know. I'll oh, you must be a later. producer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's also important to note, uh, and something that you really sparked in my head is that I have actually found myself as I get better at producing and better at writing songs and better at making things that I like, you know, in a long form setting where it's like, you know, I've given myself a whole Saturday to work on music. I found more resistance to like, just fucking make a beat for fun in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be like, no, that's not a productive use of my time. Cause I'm not going to get to a full song and then it's not going to be good. So, <laughs> you know, like, no, stop what are you doing you love this like you love this shit you fucking love this shit 
and you sit there and you come up with some weird, stupid roadblock for why you shouldn't just sit down and create for the joy of creation. So stupid. It's so stupid. But I find myself doing that to myself all the time. I'll be like, no, I it's, not, it's, not, it's not right. I'm not going to. Uh, uh. No, no, no. Control your ape. And this, I'm speaking from experience here. Like, it's funny because I'll still sit down and write music that I like when I give myself a whole Saturday, but I'm afraid to do like the fun experiment. Like, like we were just talking about, like the spend time fucking around for the sake of fucking around because you're going to get to the things you're going to create the things that you can use in those music writing sessions that are going to be like weird and different and groundbreaking. And it's like you have, as you build more skills, you should be more inclined to spend that time experimenting because those experiments are more fruitful because you know what the fuck you're doing except you have like at least for me like i build more of a mental roadblock of like no you are good don't prove to yourself that you're not good by like fucking something up like what the fuck <laughs> i've done that Video games all day right yo comment below or email us we should do production challenges oh. on here <laughs> hashtag good vibes <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back to that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, no, I agree with you, though, man. I'm no longer suggesting production challenges on here because <laughs> we are 0 for 8, 9, or however many we've suggested. You're just too good, bro. Of zero. I, well, we did one. We did one. You did one. I'm I did you yeah. all the props. <laughs> we came, showed up the next week, and you're like, oh, I did this thing. It's so cool. And we're like, right. We said that a week ago. Right, yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie days. Uh, for our but, long-time um, listeners, it's got to be a running gag by now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man, I do feel you, though. I definitely feel... I, I have to consciously get myself out of that mindset to just enjoy what I'm going to write because I feel like sometimes, even still, instead of just rolling with whatever the vibe is that day, I'll try and, like sometimes shoehorn ideas in or like not use a sample because I have this very specific idea in my mind of what type of song I want to write. And it's not a slow R&B song, but I found a slow R&B loop that sounds so dope and I'm not going to use it because that's not on brand with my project and I need to write something on brand with my project right now and yep. blah, blah, blah. And it just, Yep. holds you back man it's it's hard to like think objectively in that sense instead of just realizing like the real key was realizing that if if we're going by pareto principle and one out of every like one one out of every 10 or two out of every 10 tracks roughly are gonna be good you just have to accept that sometimes one of those 10 or five of those 10 are gonna be a soul track and you don't even listen to soul but that's just what's coming out right now. And if that's what it is, and that's not part of your brand, you got to just get that shit out and be like, all right, I'm writing one not for the brand right now. And I'm going to get this out and I'm going to show up tomorrow or I'm going to show up tonight, depending on how long the session is. And I'm going to start the next song. And if that's on brand, cool. If it's not on brand, well, then I got to show up and write another one. Now, I'm not saying you can't guide that intention, but don't fight it. So agreed. True. So agreed. True. Allow the creativity to come out. Like it's 
you never know what that's going to do too. like, you never know if you're going to meet an artist, a vocalist that like is looking for beats and like, yeah, I know you do dubstep, but like, do you want to like, you know, you got any beats for me? Like, well, I actually have this little stash of random shit I made and didn't know what to do. Oh, you love these. Oh, I guess I'm making you an EP. Like never know when that's going to happen. And you know, you never know when something's gonna like move you in a direction you didn't know was going. Maybe people absolutely love your soul beats and nobody's ever responded to a dubstep beat that you've ever made. And you stop and think like, you know, like why fight the feeling? Maybe I'll make some more soul beats. Like, I mean, just like what you were saying, like being so worried about, does this fit my project? Like that has like killed me in the past. Uh, Like basically at the end of me being a rapper, who produced his own beats. And right before the start of me being a producer that raps sometimes, I had this whole section of my life where I was so beat blocked. The only time I've really been super beat blocked because I was so zeroed in on, oh, I admit I gotta make this EP. And so I can only write beats that are perfect for this EP. And it's gotta be this specific sound that I'm imagining. And I was holding myself back from doing anything else and it just everything ground to a halt. I tried to turn off all the faucets of creativity, but one, and that last one wouldn't drip a drop. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I said, fuck it, screw this EP, I'm never finishing it. I don't want to do it at all anymore. I'm just going to make random beats of any genre. Then all of a sudden, I could not stop making beats. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them weren't even good, <laughs> but I had a blast to make them. Like, the first time I ever tried dubstep, the first time I ever tried house, the first time I ever tried so many of the things that I love doing now was Mm -hmm. that month that I just said, screw it. I can make anything I want. And my creativity has never really shut off since then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love that. It's so important. The other pitfall that I constantly find myself and many students falling into um, I know this, I know this one you guys are going to relate to as well, is that you will start with an inspiration of a track or an artist be like, I'm going to make this type of beat today or whatever. <clears throat> or even like you're working on something and you're like, yeah, this kind of, this kind of reminds me of this type of thing. Like for me, I'll be like, oh, I really want to make like a, like a Nero sounding thing today and not neuro nero like the artist nero and like i'm gonna make a neuro, oh, like neuro make a, yeah, neuro nero and i'll make something that's cool and then be like oh no like i think it needs to be a little bit more like nero like okay so like how do i how do i do and then like all of the faucets will turn off just like you said like literally be like, oh no, let me listen to this one Nero song that I like and be like, oh, okay, wait, how do I make my idea more like that? Like, no, what the fuck? Like so many times like a student will be working on a project and they'll send it to me and they'll be like, I really wanted this drop to sound like this song and they'll send me a song and then we'll listen to it and they'll be like, how do I make this drop sound more like this thing? And I'll be like, dude, I, I, trust me, I do this shit to myself all the time too. That's going to fuck you up. Don't do that. Like take that inspiration and be like, I like this sound. I like this genre. But if your song's not doing that and it's not going in that direction, don't try and shoehorn it back in that direction. Like that's not going to work. Like make something, just continue working 
on that thing to make that thing as good of a wherever it's going as it's going to go instead of trying to redirect the flow of that water a thousand times just let that water create the valley that it's going to make and then it'll be a much more beautiful ecosystem than you trying to put a dam here and reroute the river here and then put it over here it's going to end up like a broken trickle of water that doesn't flow for shit let the water flow down the middle of the valley that river runs way better that is Taoism at its core right there allow the water to flow like water and the cool thing is once you do and once you take what tesco was just saying and actually spend those times where you just have that nighttime session with nothing but i'm just going to mess around and figure out what happens you do enough of that you learn some skills and you learn what you're good at and you get better at some things and then you take whatever inspiration and you run it through your lens mm-hmm. like there is no other producer in the world who is qualified to make you mm-hmm. but you and it turns out that's the biggest gift and that means you're not a plagiarist that means you are inspired by something and then make something that that artist never could have made in a million years because they're not you. 100%. Yeah. And that just goes back to, I actually heard, I was listening to an interview with Flux Pavilion um, and God, I sw- I, I've listened to many, many interviews with many, many artists. And I like, I swear to God, me and Flux Pavilion, we have the same outlook on everything. It's kind of funny. Uh, but one of the things that he said that struck such a chord with me is that like so many artists are trying to find their sound and they try to shoe like, what's my sound? What is my sound? Like I can't, like I need to do my sound. And his point was that your sound is not you dictating what your sound, your sound is when you are on your deathbed and you listen back to everything that you've ever made organically and you go, okay, what's this? This is my sound, I guess. You know, it's like all of the stuff that you've made for you ends up being your sound. Yeah, you just can, let the bass can and kick it, man. Just let it kick it, man. Just let the cracks begin to show. Ooh, you know? Two of my favorite <laughs> songs of all time. In fact, like Cracks, bro, like oh. that was one of the ones that really got me into bass that's music. That's a big tune. Uh, and, you know, I just I just can't stop. I can't stop. God damn, that's no. a good song. <laughs> no, but you know what? You know what else is really funny that he said that I fucking love? And he's like, I have been labeled a dubstep artist my entire life, but I've never found... I've never really thought of myself as a dubstep artist. I'm just making the music that I like to make and it just ends up being in kind of a dubstep tempo and flow. And I think it's more melodic and it does other stuff, but like it kind of just fits in that genre and then I get labeled this thing. And I'm like, that ties so much into the same concept of like your sound, like just make whatever you want to make and then it's unfortunate that a lot of stuff gets externalized by everyone else in a certain way, right? Um, maybe not unfortunate, beast. but it is the nature of the beast, right? And I think that it's important for you to, instead of trying to contextualize what you're making in the, in, in the context of what everyone else is making in the day, and instead think of what are you making 
and continue to make what you like to make, what represents you. And then figure like its place will be its place, you know, rather than trying to con like contextualize what you make in, in the grand scheme of everyone else, just make what you're going to make and then it'll land where it lands. Yeah. If you try to contrive it, it's going to sound contrived. Yeah. Exactly. Big facts. <laughs> and yeah, flex is such a good, you know, such a good example too, because it's like this dude, like you said, been labeled dubstep forever, but he's never really been dubstep. It's you never listen to a song. It doesn't go womp, 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 womp. It never does that. He has yeah. like this big, massive line doing a cool melody and chops vocals into it and does all these other stuff. And yeah, the drums are kind of dubstep and you can mix it into dubstep and you can, you'll never piss people off by putting them on a dubstep lineup but you listen to the flux pavilion set and it doesn't sound like any of the other artists sets and the best artists all seem to do that where like they have their thing. Even if you can't like put your finger and draw a neat box around it, it's like they were just being themselves and rolling with whatever it was that they liked, took the things they liked, didn't do things they didn't like and allowed the songs to come together to their best you know to live their own best life man actually looking back now thinking about this i remember watching interviews with artists before where it sort of pissed me off because i'll be watching an interview of like this metal band here and it's the drummer talking or maybe it's this producer here that's known for insert crazy thing and it seems like all these people that are at the top of the game not all of them but like a fair number of them never even have an intention of making a mark in that scene. And that metal player that I looked up to thought he was going to be a rapper and sort of ended up here because let's say his friends asked him to play drums for a band when they couldn't find a drummer and now bam. Or this person ended up as a producer because they had to produce their own band's album and they got into it. And it always seems like if you try to force yourself, if you're like, I'm going to be exactly this, and you close off all of their doors, you might find that, A, maybe you're not as cut out for this specific role as you thought you were, or B, the chances of that happening are just so slim that if you were to settle, you know, quote, settle, I hate to use that word, but if you were to settle something that's 95% similar, you might find that you actually like that better and it's way more probable for you. So I think like, if you're really trying to be a dubstep artist right now, or you're really trying to be a specific something right now, you might find that maybe you accidentally writing drum and bass at 160 because that's what you like or whatever. It starts off by you trying to do dubstep at this weird tempo. Bam, now you end up starting your whole other genre offshoot and you end up changing the game way more than you ever would have thought was possible in the beginning just because you opened yourself up to like just letting that true voice come out of you and not like fit within a specific collection of of songs people have written prior and it might take longer but it lasts longer exactly and i love what you just said like you know thinking about you're trying to be this because man if i turned out to be exactly what i thought i was going to be 10 years ago I would be a rapper who sometimes usually makes his own beats, 
and never ever engineers and definitely does not touch video. I had these fake stories in my head where, oh yeah, I don't know how to engineer. Never going to learn that shit. Don't know how to touch video. I'm an audio guy. No video. I'm a creative. I don't do the scientific behind the scenes shit. None of that turned out to be true. And some of the shit I'm best at is the shit I told myself 10 years ago that I could never learn. So you never know where you're going to go. You got to allow the journey to unfold. And like, just like water, you think it's going to go over there, but then, oh, turns out this is the path of least resistance over here. You stop Mm -hmm. fighting it and just roll with where you're going to go. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting down the mountain a lot faster. Yeah. And you don't have to do that. Just be prepared to work extra hard and maybe not get the recognition you feel like you should if it naturally just takes you longer to learn how to rap or it takes you longer to learn how to do specific thing that you you want to be known for. You know, you might you might find that you have a way easier life and a way more fun time when you work on a other genre of music compared to what you actually thought you wanted to be working on. And if you ask yourself, what what does this mean to me? Is it worth it for me to write this style that I might not be as stoked about right now? I, I feel like I'm not wording that properly. Like no, it's if funny you want to write dubstep, do it. But if you sit down and you're effortlessly writing house and you're getting booked for house shows and people are saying, yo, I love your house tracks. Send me that. Well, why are you going to make these tunes that you're struggling writing? Nobody cares about when you can sit down at the doll, have a great time writing a tune that people are going to love. It's funny because you made in, in, in trying to explain the inverse in a way that made sense. You made more of a point for what, (laughs) for, for the, for the point that we were just talking about, which is like, go with the flow by, by trying to say, you know, it's, it's okay. If you don't go with the flow, it's going to take longer and it's going to be harder and it's going to, you're not going to get the recognition. Like that's all true. And it all still points back to the fact that you should just sit down and create what naturally comes out of you. And then that is you, that is your sound. That is the thing that you should roll with. And that's the thing that's going to be the most authentic. And, totally. And uh, the, the reason I said that, you don't have to, if you want to write dubstep, you don't have to give up dubstep, right? Let's just say for an example. But if you're having a hard time making screechy metallic-y basses, but you make awesome growl basses, or you make awesome FM basses, or you make whatever, like consider switching up your style a teensy bit to accommodate for your strengths. because that might grow on you more than you thought at the time. And if it's going along effortlessly and you're having an easy time creating this content that, um, you know, you're finding like this specific avenue of production is really just working with me. You're going to develop that so much faster as well. Not only are you starting at a better ground, but you're going to iterate that much quicker because these ideas are coming out quicker and better. So now you're going to find like, oh, I really love harsh basses, but I write good growly basses. Damn. Well, you might make some variation over here of that thing you're good at, let's say growl basses, that then opens up your mind to this whole other world of doing things in that lane that maybe nobody else is doing. And now it's like, oh, I really fuck with that sound. 
as well. I didn't even think that was possible. And now I have this thing that I know how to do very well. And it's like, it's just off main road, a teensy bit enough for people to be like, that's unique. Yeah. Speaking from personal experience on that, melody has always come easy to me. But I had this false belief in my head where the melodies I wrote were too basic and not interesting enough. And it just didn't feel like I was putting enough effort in for them to be good. (laughs) And so I was spending all this time trying to make crazy sound design and make the most extra nut sounding, ridiculous, screechy, but it all ended up sounding like overprocessed, you know, fried, fucking crispy, nasty, unpleasantness because I didn't, that wasn't really my strength. And then I started like, okay, well, let me take like a simpler patch and just write a melody that flows off the top of my head. And everybody who's hearing these tracks that I'm working on in this direction are really digging it. They're like, that melody is so cool. Like you guys included have been like, wow, I love that melody. And it's like, I did not think at all when I wrote that melody. It was like keyboard, hand do thing, people say likey done the song is done and i don't have to fucking sit there and beat my head against a brick wall yeah 100 percent. i i still i still look back very fondly on something that you said that you were joking about while we were on tour uh last fall before almost a year ago in the now. before time in the, the before <laughs> in the before four times uh when <laughs> We do. We, we were literally at Tyson's house. Shout out Nintendo. Nintendo, boy, the boy. I hope you're listening. Get on the show. Get him on. Yeah. Why are yeah, you for real. dragging your Where feet? Where are you? You need to be on the show. He's in Montana. <laughs> he is in Montana, and we were at his house. And you, you made some joke about how like the the way that we write music is I diddle around on the keyboard until I look up from whatever I would like whatever I was doing when you're playing on the keyboard and I look up from whatever I was doing and like pay it like, and I like pay attention, like perk up, like, Oh, what was that? And then Luke's like, Oh yeah, that's the one I'm going to keep that one. And then we keep going. Like it's, it's so true. like, don't, don't force it. Just work until it's fucking like it should flow naturally. And then you can, you can sort the rest out later. Yeah, man. I feel so dope. Yeah, I was just going to say that working with people is huge, man. Huge, huge, huge. I feel like you unlock like 50% more of your potential just by working with somebody. Just because they'll save you that three-minute tangent here and that 15-minute tangent here and that other seven-minute tangent here where you're sort of riffing on these ideas that you're feeling equally unsure of all of them. And they're just that voice of reason that pops in and they're like, nope, that one. That one. You're done there. Keep yeah. going. Exactly. Keep. Stop messing with it. I love it. Yeah. And that, exactly. It kind of cures that self-doubt. Like if I write a melody and I'm like, I don't know. And I look to the homie and they're like, yeah, I don't know either. All right, cool. Definitely not. If mm-hmm. I go, I don't know. And I looked at the homie and they're like, well, you should fucking know. I know. Keep it. Record it now. Cool. I don't have to think about it. It's It makes it so much easier. And, you know, yes, it's COVID. Yeah, don't have a bunch of people over to your house. Yeah, but, but Zoom. Zoom exists. FaceTime exists. You can literally set your phone right here next to the 
you know, next to the computer and they can kind of listen in while you're jamming. They'd be like, oh, that's dope. Like, email me that loop. I'm going to put drums on it. Like, there's so many ways to make it happen and it's worth it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Find there's- somebody on the internets. There's so many people that want to collab. Yeah, if you don't got a like-minded group, like people to produce with and just talk about this whole world about, you're like missing out on a lot. Like your progress will increase so much if you just have people around you because everybody's like making breakthroughs all the time. And every time you hop on a session, everybody's had a breakthrough. You share that with each other. Now everybody's had three breakthroughs. And, and the that's time why, it took to have one breakthrough. And that's why you should listen or continue listening to the, the Human, Human Music, Music Podcast. Podcast. Woo! Woo! Because we give you all of the breakthroughs that we're currently working on, and you don't have to have them yourself. You can have them diluted to you from our brains to yours. You're welcome, humans. Yeah. Extract that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean, it seems like a good time to talk about how we've got this uh, little private Facebook group. You know, what I'm saying it's a little goodie for the for the peeps. You know what I'm saying just yeah. Uh, if you uh, if you hit us up on any of our DMs anywhere and ask us about that, we will uh, we will add you. So or you know, or 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 if you hit the link in the description to get the free mega sample pack that we're giving away. We all came together to, to put together a whole bunch of awesome samples that we've used on label release tracks and a whole bunch of other goodies um, that you can download totally for free. We're going to be sending you a bunch more stuff along those lines. And there's an invite to join there as well. What's, what, what's in the pack, Tesco? T- tell them what's in the pack. So much awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah. We, got, we got the Rip Kenny Bass Pack, oh. Which, oh. which both... Luke and Evan have used on label release tracks. Oh, yeah. I got my first label release because of this guy, Rip Kenny, right here. I got those Get Dead packs, the same ones you're going to get, and I made my track Katanas. That is like the drop. Yeah, I use those basses all the time. I used it in my track Smells Wonky. If you've been following me recently, you know that song. by the way. Um, Thank you, bro. And then we got the Something Wrong basses, which I used on my Something Wrong EP. Um, which charted on Beatport. Um, so, you know, it's got the social clout tokens behind it. You can get those songs and those sounds and start using them in your songs. We got a whole bunch of like crazy effects that we created that are super dope for transitions and like little ear candy. We found in our sessions, ninjas were having a bit of trouble making things uh, transition smoothly from section to section. And they would uh, sometimes get stuck with using very basic like white noise risers and downlifters. So we have this awesome effects pack of sounds you'll love. Um, and then we have a pack of, what was the last one? Oh, the, oh. the percussion Foley pack. Yeah, that, shouts out to the homie Porch out, outside of LA. He <laughs> holds to me at his studio. And uh, we got really high and used all of his percussion instruments in the studio. And then pretty much everything else we had sitting around. There was a cup full of coins. And then we dumped those coins onto a metal weed rolling tray. And then we dropped a ping pong ball into a hand drum and shook it around. And I swished water in my mouth. We recorded myself smoking a bong 
tapping the bong with the bowl piece and yeah, then I use using those, loops those bong as a flute. So what's up? Yeah, I use those bong it. loops all the time, bro. The, the clinking ones, those are awesome. Um, so yeah, we got four mini packs in the mega pack. There's over 125 samples. Um, and it's all like awesome, unconventional stuff you wouldn't really find in your average pack. It's all totally original. Um, and so, you know, we know you're going to love the pack. It's a great way to kick off this relationship we're making with you guys, kick off the community. So grab the pack, join the Facebook community. We're going to be doing a lot more freebies slash giveaways slash awesome stuff for you guys. So hit that link below to get all of that cool stuff. Yeah, humans. Bam, 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 bam. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I love it, man. I think that pack is actually really great. I use that base pack all the time. I've been like, for real. There's there's just so much good stuff in there. And I mean, the numbers speak for themselves on those songs. <laughs> yeah. And let us know what you want to see next because – we got more stuff planned for you guys, um, you know, in the backlog already. But if there's specific concepts you want to hear us talk about or episode clips you want to see us go more in depth on or specific samples or whatever, whatever, drop a comment below or shoot us an email. Everything's in the description. Amen. Peace, humans. Peace among Peace. worlds. Peace among worlds. I like it. What's up, humans? Thank you so much for listening to the Human Music Podcast. We truly appreciate you. In fact, we made you a gift. Click on the link in the episode description to get our new sample pack for free. It has some of our favorite basses, FX, percussions, and Foley sounds to instantly level up your productions. As always, remember to rate and subscribe, and we'll get back at you with a new episode every Tuesday. Peace and peace among worlds.